Hey, Go Church family, this is Gilbert. Welcome back for week two of our podcast for our May series called Rooted 2.0. I'm here with Pastor Matt Hadabo. Hey, everybody. And we're excited to just get stuck right in and, and start talking about the discussion points for our week two of our grow groups. We're so excited about this series. It's really growing in the, on the inside of me and what... What is funny is that it's called Rooted, and we talked about seeds last week. Yes. And now they're growing. Because you know? we are sowing uh, this seed into us. We're doing the, the work of meditation, meditating, meaning to mutter, to say these truths over and over. And this is just, this is the great, a great way to grow and develop spiritually. Praise God. So before we actually talk about this, I just want to, again mention the purpose of this series. We want all of our Go Church family to recognize the need for spiritual growth and to learn practically how we can continue to grow spiritually. What we talked about the last couple of weeks is this. In, uh, in, week, uh, in, in the introduction week, we talked about three stages of spiritual growth. We basically, we identified three stages of spiritual growth, which we pointed out from the first epistle of John in chapter two. And we compared that growth to what it looks like visually when a cedar tree grows from its roots upwards and outwards. And we also last week started talking about how this looks like practically in our lives. So we talked about, we, we shared the parable of the sower. We talked about the importance of a seed being sown and what the seed sown is and that is the word of God. Yeah. And what happens once that word of God is sown into our lives, sown into our hearts and starts to grow. And you also see in that parable of the sower, and we brought this out um, from Matthew chapter 13, that the, the primary work of the devil is to steal the word sown. He, you know, he's called a thief uh, Jesus said that the thief comes to steal. What's he trying to steal? It's not our television. It's the word of God. He wants to steal the word. Why? Because the word sown will produce everything that the word says. In The, the word sown in me will produce everything the word says about me. Yeah, praise God. It's so powerful. Yeah. I think it's... It's more than my brain can comprehend, but it's something my spirit is just so excited about. Yeah. And last, so last week we, we, taught, we titled the podcast Sewing. Yeah. This week we're titling it Growing. And at this stage we're looking at the seed being sown, whether it's sown in good ground or sown on hard ground or bad ground, and what the growth process looks like in these cases. So uh, Pastor Matt talked about the, the importance of, you know, G Jesus talks about this in, in Matthew 13, 19, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. So there is, a, um, there is an importance to understanding or receiving the seed that is sown. Yeah. And this week we're going to focus on these different outcomes in the parable of the sower. So we looked at 
one outcome, which is the seed sown lands on good ground. It bears root. It shoots upwards. And then it bears fruit. Yeah, fruitfulness. Fruitfulness, fruitfulness results. Uh, fruitfulness is the, is the work of the seed, but it, it occurs when the ground is in a condition to produce to right. re, or in a condition in a condition to receive and the we we say we we call that good ground and so then uh you could kind of infer that other ground is bad but yeah. in fact it's all just ground it's just in different conditions and life has a way of drying us out and pressing us down so we wind up like the way you know the path that the farmer walks right. on and so uh some of the work that we me needs to do uh is to break up that hard ground so that there's place for the truth of god's word to take root in my life and um you know that's Sometimes that's just just a natural thing is changing schedule. Like um, instead of instead of doing this thing, I'm going to make time and make it a priority to go and be part of a grow group. And that that decision, that very natural decision can result in a very supernatural result. Why? Because I'm making room for the word of God to get sown into my heart. Yeah, that's really good. So going back to the parable of the sower and looking at these outcomes, Pastor Matt, last week you talked about the same ground in different conditions. And the first uh, condition which we see it in is that hard ground, right? The, the, the compressed ground, which is not able to receive the seed sown. And then the bird comes and we see here that it's, the, the devil that yeah. comes and snatches the, the word that was sown away. And then there's these, there are these other two outcomes. There is stony ground where seed is sown, but there is no depth of earth. So the seed remains shallow. So very quickly it springs upwards with very shallow roots, very superficial roots. And everything looks amazing. And it's like, wow, look at this growth. And it's really spectacular until the elements come out, the sun comes out, the wind comes out. And simply simply put, the, that seed cannot withstand the elements and it perishes. Yeah. And then there's the third um, outcome or the third, sorry, type of ground, which is a negative outcome, which is the ground which contains thorns or weeds, right? Mm. And basically there are roots, but then the tree comes up and then it is choked out by thorns and choked out by the environment. Yeah. And so in, in our introduction to this, you referred to the article that you wrote, which I really enjoyed. Um, it's actually why we're doing this series again, because when I read it, I thought, we need to go dig into the, more of this. Um, you talk about the, the purpose of the tree is, tree's growth is to affect its environment. But in the parable of the sower, we see that prior to that fruitful stage, the external environment has more of an impact 
on the seed growth than it has on its environment. So, so obviously, I mean, if I looked at a cedar tree and it's a thousand years old and I kick it, my foot's going to hurt. Yeah. But if I look at a cedar tree that is, you know, half a meter out of the ground, I kick it, I will hurt it. Yeah. Which, you know, think about the, what Jesus said, uh, there's um, the, the ground that is full of stones. And so the seed immediately produces, it comes up, right? So you have that fast growth, but shallow roots. What's, what's happening is the, then when the sun comes, that external, those external pressures are too much for it. It doesn't have that solid root. It's not rooted. And because of that, it withers away. And then the seed that's sown among thorns and weeds, here, the internal environment, the, the, the things maybe you don't see, choking it out. And that's what we're going to talk about more. And this is kind of, sometimes this manifests as a question like, you know, remember that one person that was coming to uh, the Go Church meetings? Where, what happened to them? Where did they go? Well, I, I thought they were really um, moving on with the things of God and, and, and really dedicated to the things of God. W- what happened to them? Well, very often, you can find them here in Mark chapter 4 in the parable of the sower. External pressures or internal pressures were too much, and the root system wasn't developed. It's not that the seed, not that the, uh, the truth uh, that was working in them would not produce the full harvest, but there were these other pressures that took too much of the too much place in their life. Yeah. You know, something I, I notice in this parable as well, there are three negative outcomes, but Satan's only mentioned once. Yes. Right? The other two, and, and this is the implication, the, which we also kind of talked about last week, and let's really dig into this this week, is that most of these negative outcomes, we have a say over them. Yeah, Satan gets way too much credit. Absolutely. Yeah, this is something that, you know, I can do negatively, right? Or I I can, on the flip side, I can remove those stones. I can get rid of those thorns. I can ensure that the ground is ready to receive that seed. And I know that that seed will produce no matter what. It's the same seed. And this is why Colossians uh, 2 is our our key verse, because it points to the fact that uh, this comes down to our choice, our decision. Growth yeah. is my choice, my decision. Yeah. I'd love to read that again. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Uh, I'm going to read it again in the, the Truth New Testament translation. So this is my message to you. Because you have already received Christ Jesus as your Lord, continue to live in Him. So here we see... Uh, an instruction to do something. Let's keep going. You have been rooted in him, so now grow up in him. Again, it's an instruction. Yeah. It's interesting that you look at okay, so now you grow up in him. You. It's like it's like we're told that this is in our hands. This is part of our responsibility. So this is really the 
the theme of the discussion this week. And, and the, reason the reason that is, is because the seed, and this is the truth in the parable of the sower, the seed will always produce. The seed right. will always produce fruit. The work is for me to get prepared and in the place for it to produce the most fruit. And get the things out of the way that will strangle it. That's right. And that's really, really important for us to think about. So in order for us to live a fruitful life, we need to protect the seed. Yeah. And we need to prioritize the seed over the environment and over the, the impact that the environment has on the ground that the seed is planted in. So if we want to see fruit, we have a responsibility until that fruit comes out. Obviously, you don't, you don't plant a seed and then tomorrow fruit comes out. There's a period of growth. There's a period of, of uh, downward growth, like we talked about, upward growth, outward growth, and then fruitfulness. And that is what we're looking at. And actually, this is the, the, the core, this is the meat of our series because we wanted this to be practical. So what does it look like to strangle fruitfulness and what does it look like to encourage fruitfulness? This is what we want to talk about. And how about we look at, we look at Galatians chapter five because yeah. there's a lot about this, practically speaking, in there. And remember what we talked about in the introduction week, remember what we talked about last week, that the measure of spiritual growth is fruitfulness. So everything that growth leads up to is the bearing of fruit in a tree. We don't see a complete cycle of growth in any tree, in any plant, until there is fruit there. Because the fruit again produces the seed. So this is so important for us to understand that we are looking to bear fruit. We are looking to um, make way for the seed to maximize fruit production. Yeah. That is the goal that we have in, in when it comes to spiritual growth. Yeah. And we won't take time to look at it now, but if you wonder why that's the goal, read John 15. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> I have a feeling we'll talk about that next month. I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so. So let's look at Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. I'm reading this in the New King James Version. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. So the first thing I want to talk about is context. I think that context is really important, especially if this is new. Uh, most of our translations, when, when we read the word spirit, the S is capitalized. And when it's capitalized, it implies that it's talking about the Holy Spirit. But actually, if we look at the context of this, verse and we look at what Paul is talking about. He's talking about how the, 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 the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. He's talking about us, right? He's talking about the inner man versus the outer man and what the outer man's trying to do and what the inner man wants to do. So we are 
three-part being. We are spirit, soul, and body. So we are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. If you've been around for a while, we talked about this during our series. Uh, has been a couple of years already, the, the yeah, real you. The real you. Yeah, we talked about this. We talked about our nature and who we really are. And the fact is, once we were born again, we talked about this again last month in King on a Cross, that we, our spirits came alive. Our spirits you know, became a new creature in Christ. And now we have fellowship and we have a life with God. But our flesh is not born again. Our flesh is the same way it was before we were born again. So there is a struggle. There is a, there is a fight. Yeah, it and I, I think um, I, I think it's good for us just to take a moment and dig into this. We could spend uh, a lot of time here, and we'll discuss more of this in our grow group. But um, Paul writes here in Galatians, um, and he's talking about flesh and spirit, flesh, and you did a great job of just you know delineating those two points. And flesh really refers to our body, the, the earth suit, for lack of a better word, that our spirit being inhabits. But um, Paul, you know, he, he said, if any person is in Christ, they are a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so Paul preaches that. Paul lives that. But at the same time, if you're, you know, if you have no hair and you confess Jesus to be your Lord for the first time, you're born again. You're a brand new creature. But you still have no hair because your flesh, your outer man, like you just said, hasn't been renewed yet. It will be. In fact, that's, there's a promise in 1 Corinthians 15. We see yeah. that promise. But... I want to read this uh, from Romans chapter 7, verse 24. Uh, this is again Paul writing. He says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And uh, that's actually a reference uh, to a Roman practice of tying a dead body to someone that was um, conquered in battle. So if the Romans defeated a tribe, a village, uh, an army, they would take the commander of that army, assuming that they were spared, that they survived the battle. Whoever the, the commander, the leader, the king, the chieftain, and then they would tie one of their soldiers, one of their dead soldiers. They would tie that dead body to that person. And then, then that person had to carry this body of death with them until they died, which was not very long. You know, the process of, of putrefaction, this dead body being tied to... Can you imagine? What a terrible thing. It sounds really gory. <laughs> the Romans were really good at doing bad things. But... Uh, this, the, the disease, the infections, the, the death working in this dead body got into 
on to the the person that they were punishing. Yeah. And Paul used that as the description of I am made new. So I'm full of life, the real me. But I'm carrying around this stinking dead corpse. And it's tied to me. And I've got to do something with it. And here in Galatians, he's talking about being ruled by that stinking flesh or ruled by the new me. And it's very clear from everything we're studying here, the choice is mine, right? Right. If I don't make a choice, well, it's probably made for me. Right, because this body is stinking, it's decaying. But I have a choice to grow up in him. Or, as Paul says, to walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. That's really good. Go church family, I want to say that our podcast is PG-13. Yes. In case uh, (laughs) Pastor Matt decides to talk about dead bodies. and Very sorry. But uh, I'm joking. This is really a, an interesting story. It gets me thinking about something else. You know, uh, some weeks ago, a few of us started playing basketball together. And it's a lot of fun. We have a great time. And I'm always teasing, you know, your son, Trenton. Yes. Right? And I'm always teasing him that, hey, like, are you sure, you know, those shoes are, are, are big enough for your feet? Or are they a little tight on you? And uh, the, the reality is they, they fit perfectly on him. But every time I play, my feet get cut because of my shoes. And, you know, but why am I talking about shoes and feet? Well, it got me thinking, you know, in, uh, in the era of the, 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 the Chinese empire dynasties, they had a tradition with women that when girls were born and they were royalty, at three years of age, they would tie their feet up and they would plaster them so hard that as they grew up, their feet couldn't grow up because small feet were basically a, uh, um, a picture of beauty and for whatever reason. But basically their bodies would grow up. They, they would go through you know, childhood, adolescence, adulthood with their feet tied up mm. in this size of a foot, which was you know, there when they were three years old. So why am I talking about this? I'm talking about this because this goes back to the parable of the sower, that we need to make room for growth. Yes. And if we don't make room for growth, we're strangling the growth. Yeah, so, that's exactly right. And it's a great picture. Making room for growth is a decision that I can make. Making changes, not just saying, well, nope, this is the way it is. Yeah. I have to unbind those ropes. I have to change those things or get rid of those thorns in your garden right if you want that tree to grow and you want that that seed to become fruitful you need to get rid of those thorns and what we're talking about so if we move on in in galatians chapter 5 we talk about the um the characteristics of the flesh or the characteristics of the thorns that are strangling us and preventing us from growing. Yeah, literally, uh, Paul here, he fills in the blanks. So instead of, instead of using the type language of thorns, rocks, and um, fruit, so fruit, 
That sounds good. Thorns and rocks, that sounds bad. Here, Paul Paul gives us an actual picture and some, some more descriptive words yeah. of what these things are. So, um, Gilbert, why don't you read what Paul describes as the fruit or the result of the Spirit working in our life? Sure. Let me just pull this up. So... I'm saying that because I want to read the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh. Absolutely. So Galatians chapter 5, verses 22. Let me start in 22. It goes into 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, against such things, there is no law. Yeah. So there, the result of the new birth, if we let the word of God work in us mightily, it's going to show up as love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering. These are the results. These are the fruit. The fruit, this is what grows in us. And it's not something that is automatic. Like you said, fruit is a process. There's a process of growth. So we don't um, just like point at someone and say, oh, look, you don't have uh, lots of fruit of self-control. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, uh, instead, we want to create an environment or space like you just said. Uh, we want to create a space for that growth. Paul also here in this chapter talks about or he puts some labels on the works of the flesh or, or that body of putrefaction, that body of death. And um, I'm going to read these from the Truth New Testament. And this is Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 and 21. And uh, here he says, this self-life, that's what he this translation calls yeah. the flesh, this self-life, living for self will manifest itself in works as these. Adultery, sex outside of marriage, other forms of immorality, lust, idolatry, witchcraft. witchcraft. Isn't that a work of the devil? Apparently not, according to Paul. So here, see, the New Testament says, and we started, and we'll get more into this in the grow groups, but the devil gets too much credit. The devil's work is to steal the word of God. But here Paul says that witchcraft is a work of the flesh. We'll come back to that. Hatred, work of the flesh, hatred, divisions, jealousy, Outbursts of anger. This list goes on. Selfish ambition. Dissension. Dissension just means uh, having a different opinion on purpose. Like, no, I don't agree. It says dissensions to authority. Whatever authority says, I'm going to go the other way. Sounds like a lot of what we see in the Western world, right? It does. Works of the flesh, he continues... Party factions. Uh-oh. Envy, murder, drunkenness, orgies, and other such things. 
So if we let the Spirit of God affect our spirit, if we let the Word of God take root in our life, we make room for that growth, we're going to see growth outworking in us in what he says here, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, self-control, long-suffering. So if I, if I take this back to, you know, if you go on, like after, after what you mentioned, that list of the workings of the flesh, he says that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yes. It's not, it's not intended to sound like, ooh, this is punishment. But what he's saying is that the outworking of these things, of the flesh, will prevent the kingdom of God from being manifested in us. Yeah, you could say it this way. The outworking of these things will rob you of your inheritance. That's right. We talked about that last month. We yeah. talked about how we have an inheritance and how we have promises and how we have so many things that the Lord gave us in our, when he saved us, he restored us, he redeemed us, right? But we can't enjoy those things if we're strangled by the thorns of the flesh life. And that is exactly right. And I know that we're out of time, but it is so important that you, that you, you get this picture. I don't, I don't earn my inheritance by my works. I enjoy my inheritance, in living the life of the Spirit, in living a life ruled by the Spirit of God in me, the Word of God in me. I don't earn it. That's how I enjoy it. And if you think, well, if these things are true, why wouldn't, uh, you know, why wouldn't this person or why wouldn't that person have all of these blessings? The reason is, right here in Galatians chapter 5, right in Mark chapter 4, we need to make room for the Word of God to take root, grow up, and grow out in us. Yeah. I mean, what, what I want to say to you is this. Don't allow the work of the flesh and don't allow anything from the outer man to strangle the kingdom results in your life. That's well said. That's Amen. really well said. And we'll get more into this in our grow groups. Yeah. But if no one told you yet today, we love you and we're believing the very best for you. Bless you. We'll see you next week. <laughs>